Live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside the Treasure Island Hotel and Casino, it's Throw the Flag with Willie Ramirez and Gooch. UNLV football coach Barry Odom. Is, is, it, is it bothersome or do you just roll with it? Your thoughts on current UNLV players that have gone into the tr- portal, you barely had a chance to speak with them and even pitch them on what you're bringing to the program. Do you, do you sort of shrug that off or... What do you do in a situation like well, that? Well, I don't, you know, I don't want to lose anybody. And I told the team that I, I want everybody uh, that I've got a chance that's on our roster, I, I want a chance to coach them. Yeah. I want a chance to develop them. I want them to have an opportunity to continue to invest in this program and this university because we're going to do something special and, and it's going to take all of us. On ESPN Las Vegas. Let's mm. really soak it in. Sonny, this one's for you once again. Throw the flag. Gooch, Willie Ramirez, live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook, Treasure Island Hotel and Casino, and uh, it's our you, last show of the year. You picked an interesting song for the rejoin. Well, that's because you're you're because you have this. It's William Brando Ramirez right now is what's happening. You got that Godfather in you, baby. It's good. It's powerful. The voice. Yes. You were listening to last week's show <laughs> while you were holding Atlas. Yes. And you uh, you heard the voice, and that's what dawned us. So you said, screw the Christmas. We're yep. going with the God. And you know what? I venture to argue that The Godfather is a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah? Yep. Okay, please break this down for me. Because is this one okay. of those diehard Christmas movie conversations? No. Okay, so if you look at the complexion of The Godfather movie, what are we talking about? We're talking about Godfather 1. We're talking about a Don who has an attempted suicide on his head. The son that you would least expect it gets revenge. Then goes to Sicily to hide out before coming home and taking over. Right. When did Michael Corleone find out that his father... Do you remember the scene when he found out when he was shot? Yes. What was they doing? Uh, it was family. No. Wait, wait. It was, there were, wait, wait, wait. When he, he found was, out. He was walking with Kay, snowing during Christmas shopping, and he was talking to her. She was looking over and saw a newsstand and said, Michael, Michael, Michael. And they went back to the newsstand, and he picked up the newspaper and said, uh, Corleone. Vito Corleone yeah. feared murdered, and he's scrambling through going, it doesn't say if he died. It doesn't say if he survived. It was during Christmas shopping. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The, and, I, and that movie's all about family, too. Family, Christmas time, mm-hmm. murder. It's a it's Christmas movie. Sometimes. Sometimes it has to happen. <laughs> so, but anyway, though, and last week's show, you did, you did great. Brett Ernst came on and, and filled in, uh, made the pick. And the funny thing is, is on my parlay, I went the exact opposite. I thought his Cowboys were going to cover but he knew his Cowboys well enough to know that they, were, they weren't going to cover against My Cowboys, too. Yes. We talked about That's it. That's right. We, and what was great was we had Shereen Williams on, Hall of Fame writer, and her background about how she, when she was seven years old, told her elementary school teacher she wanted to marry Roger Staubach. She was a Dallas Cowboys fan, and, uh, and she was going to grow up to cover the Cowboys. And we have a similarity because I was a Dallas Cowboy fan. I didn't say I was going to grow up to cover the Cowboys, but I did want to cover the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then Brett being a Cowboys fan, so it was a good conversation. Um, yeah, we got along great. It was it was fantastic. We talked Cobra Kai. We talked a lot, we talked about a lot of things. So fantastic. And 
let me just go back to let's make it about me for a second. Um, sure. Last week, Gooch is a father. Gooch is a father, brand new father. Atlas Rockhan is here. It, he was in my arms earlier today. I just want to rush back home and get home to. And, and Willie, I just want to bring something up to you. You and my best friend Pete were the only two men that kind of mentally prepared me for what was going on in the right way. Because a lot of people, they like to point out the negatives. All these negatives that, that you can expect. You're not going to have a lot of sleep. You know, you're going to be running on fumes. You, you know, you're going to be a zombie all the time. And you and, my, you and my best friend were just like, you guys told me the same thing. You go, no, wait, you, this should be the half. Every moment you spend with him should be happy. Whether your he's life crying, yeah, whether, whether he's crying, whether he's cooing in your arms, it doesn't matter. You should feel thankful for this moment. And... And we're going to get to the we're getting we're going to get into feeling thankful a little bit later on in the show, but but that's really what it is. It's like when he wakes up at two in the morning. You know, I'm not mad. I'm just like, come on, buddy, and I just give him a bottle, and he's cool, and he goes right back to bed. All right, so I go so so I go from what six and a half hours daily to five and a half five hours a night broken up. Who cares? Who cares? And and you were we were talking off mic too, and you brought up a good point. You go. Uh, you know, because you're going through something right now. Just and it's it's not contagious. It's just that you got something going on with your throat. Everybody's everybody that everybody I've run into has had this or is is feeling it, has caught it. There's a bug, and I'm not just talking Vegas nationwide. Yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, is this is this bug you got going on. And you know why? Huh? Before you finish, you know why? We become so conscientious about COVID. We're testing for COVID. We're screening for COVID. We're boosting for COVID. Everybody forgot that it's December and it's flu season. Now, I'm not a flu shot guy. Never not, have been. Never never, have been. never never got Jordan flu shots. Um, but what we did forget was just we, we established this carefree attitude about flu and cough. And what I've become respectful of that I wasn't prior to 2020 is when I'm out in public, if I have to go into a grocery store, when I've been on press row, I'm wearing a mask. Right. I think from this point forward, every time I get the sniffles, I get, or if I'm, I get these wicked coughing attacks. I got them long before COVID. Um, I, I went to a pulmonologist, ear, nose, throat, to check out what it might be. I'll probably always wear a mask now when I when I get a little under the weather. That's that's a smart move, and that's also a considerate move. But we were talking like this, so so you're on air all the time. Yeah. People come up, you know, you, we got fans that they want to stop by and meet you and stuff, and you tell me this, you go a lot of people, and they're joking. But they walk up, they go, oh, man, you, you sound like crap or you look like crap. And there's this attitude with people where it's like we just want, we just want people to be miserable or, 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 or have a reason to complain about something. And there is no reason for that. There is no reason to come up and be like, oh, you look like this. Or, you know, just to kind of. I, I don't know why you would even say that to make yourself feel better. Well, it's it's it's, it's a sign of they think they're being empathetic and go in, in in like awe, but what they don't realize is how they're coming across. You sound horrible. You look terrible. Jesus, you sound worse than you did this. Like no, yeah, yeah, no, right. no, no crap. Right. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's exactly what I needed to hear mm-hmm. for the umpteenth time today. And that's, like, yeah. you know, instead of, hey, wow, your voice sounds like you could use 
can I get you anything? Can I run? Like, I've had tons of people reach out. I mean, some of my kids, they call me pops, my extended kids. They've run wa- cases of water left it at my doorstep. Um, my mom, bless her heart, she picked up some stuff for me a couple of weeks ago, left it at my doorstep. Um, Jordan, we live so far apart. You know, pops, anything you need, I'll Instacart you. Um, you know, little things like that. But for the most part, like, the last thing you want to hear, especially when you're, because it affects you mentally, too. Because you're out of it, you know. Um, I haven't done any Cofield shows. Um, I braved it and did our show. Did the Sunday show. Um, you know, once the doctor said, you're not contagious. You just, you're going to have this cough. The, the nurse practitioner I spoke with, she was like, you've had it for, uh, I had this cough for four weeks. Uh, but the last thing that you want to hear is how bad you sound, how bad you look, how worse this and that. It's like. Yeah, I get it. I right. get it. And where you should be on a high, realizing how many people love you and sending you care packages and dropping things off at your at your door and, and those types of things. It's funny because those negative comments they they don't they don't x out the positive, but it does knock it down just a little bit. You know, it's like can't you just let me can't you just let me feel thankful for having for for knowing that this many people care about me? But instead, it's like no, we want you to be on our side. Be, o- be over here with the people that want to find a reason to complain about everything. Yeah, it's just, you know, you just, you, the negativity, um, when you're already at a certain low and you can't do anything for yourself, you're kind of stuck. You know, I, I you know, self, uh, I don't want to use the word quarantine because I didn't quarantine, but, you know, it's hard for me to force myself to rest. Um, our good friend in the box there, quarterback in Lindsay, she asked me at least, a dozen times in the last two weeks, Willie, why are you not resting? Why are you not in bed? Like she didn't say, you look terrible, you sound terrible. Couple, t- I got a couple of oh boys when, yeah. I, when I coughed the first weekend. But, you know, Lindsay's just looking out. But she works, as hard, she works as hard as anybody in this city in the media. So she understands that it's going to take a lot for me to sit at home, and especially I- when you're freelance. I'm a freelancer. I have to make money by going out and working. Sitting at home does me no good. I don't get sick time. I don't get sick pay. So, And the thing is, too, is to Lindsay's credit and to your credit, real recognizes real. And when you're putting in the work and you have that mindset, it's just something that you're you're born with. And that is true empathy. Empathy isn't going like, oh, you sound like crap. It's just like – or. You know, it might be, it might be, if you might be able to make a joke at somebody's expense, but you got to understand, like, how many more times do I got to hear this same joke? It's not like you hear it four or five times, you're like, oh, Will, you sound bad, and you're like, ah, whatever, Gooch. You know, and we, and we laugh it away. It's just when you hear it eight or nine times, right. it, starts to, it starts to affect you. But, again, the people that go places and the people that really get to do what they want in life, they all have the same, they all have the same attitude where it's like, who cares? I got this little thing. Time to move forward. We got so much to get to, by the way. The Las Vegas Bowl is tonight. No, it's today. I mean, it's I mean, right after this yeah. show. So I'm going to be leaving Detroit Island to get over there. Um, I actually work for the bowl committee. This is the one day a year I take the journalism hat off, and I work for the bowl. Um, we got the Golden Knights tonight. Okay. So um, we much. got We got a fight card going on tonight, and we have tickets. If you get down here to Treasure Island, by the time we get off the air, we're going to give you some tickets to, to the boxing match, the premier boxing. I believe it's over at the Cosmo. I'll check that. Um, we're doing a drawing for the G League Ignite. And tomorrow, the Raiders are in town. They're hosting the Patriots. Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick. So a lot of big things. Golden Knights return. 
their home tonight against the Islanders. And coming up, we're going to talk to radio play-by-play guy Dan Duva, and we're going to have Lindsay jump in uh, for that because she is so well-versed, and that'll let me rest my throat a little bit. So I'll welcome them to the show and let you guys jump in on that. Um, and we got a great show because not only are we going to be talking to uh, Dan, but we got Curtis Terry, color commentator for and former running Rebel for UNLV basketball. They're 10-0. They're back in action uh, against San Francisco today. And then uh, later in the show, we're going to close things up. Our final show of the season, Roy Wood Jr., who I've known long before the Daily Show when he was an up-and-coming stand-up comic, and you know him as well. And when I reached out and told him it was you and I, he said, Gooch, that's my guy. So great show on tap, um, and we're going to get to it. Golden Knights, Ray, we're going to talk about everything today, and we're going to have, instead of throwing the flag today, we're going to have some thankful uh, segments as well. So we are off and running, throw the flag, Treasure Island, ESPN, Las Vegas. Make sure you get down here. We've got plenty of tickets, giveaways, things to give you, T-shirts. So come on down, visit us. Sportsbook is open, bars open, kitchen is open. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, Treasure Island, ESPN, Las Vegas. Into the right circle now for Stevenson. Back up top, settled by Mirmanov. To the left, Marcia so. Side of the net, Stone backdoor, score! Chandler Stevenson, so close to scoring moments ago, chips in the bottom of the right circle, a power play goal. Vegas leads 1-0. Oh, yeah. Got to let Jackson 5 linger a little bit, let it come in. Up on the rooftop, up on the Western Conference rooftop of the Vegas Golden Knights. It's Gooch, it's Willie. We are at Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, throwing the flag on ESPN Las Vegas. And joining us right now, radio, play-by-play man. Man, I've been trying to get him on all season. We've been going back and forth, finally, for our season finale. Couldn't be more thankful for Dan Duva taking some time. Dan, how are you, my friend? I'm great, Willie. Good to be with you and Gucci and Lindsay and everybody. Good to be on. Hope everything's well over Treasure Island. Oh, it's going good. You know, uh, just just drove in from the outskirts of town and and looked at the weather, but it's nothing like your neck of the woods up in Syracuse, where where you spent some time, boy. Up there, I tell you what, they're getting hit hard. Uh, my son's mother lives up there, as we've talked about, up in I believe it's Fayetteville, and, uh, mm-hmm. and and I saw some pictures of Orchard Park where the Bills will be hosting the Dolphins. Nasty, nasty weather. Yeah, you, you, you learn to love it, let me tell you. <laughs> you do learn. It becomes I, I, a point of pride. You know, it could be dreary, and I guess I can laugh about it now because I don't live there anymore. But, I, I, yeah, I was at Syracuse for parts of nine years between well, school and then uh, time with the American League team there. Well, one team that's glad to probably be home from the East Coast and traveling or the north up in Canada is the Vegas Golden Knights. They open up a four-game homestand against the Islanders. Uh, I guess my first question for you, because we're going to have Lindsey jumping in here, but mine is, man, this is a team that wins on the road, but can't at home. What is going on with the Golden Knights? That's a great question, and we've, of course, been asking that question for a while now, because it's not just, you know, a month. It's, you know, we're, we're into three months now. We're you know, they started out fine at home. They were 5-1 and one to begin the season uh, at home, but only three wins at home since then. And, um, you know, is it, is it a coincidence? Is it a matter of, you know, having a long road trip and then coming back home and, you know, time zone stuff? You know, when you come home, uh, there are more distractions. Um, you know, when you come home, you, you tend to have the, the, the 
creature comforts, the routine, and maybe you become almost too relaxed because you're in that routine. So these are just possibilities. I have no idea what it is, and it could be different things for different guys. Um, you know, Bruce Cassidy himself, um, you know, has pointed to the good start at home, but also admitted he's still learning how to, you know, coach a team in the Western uh, Conference, the Pacific Division, Pacific time, because he, in his whole career, is, is uh, coached in the, uh, the Eastern time zone. So uh, I guess it's still a, a question mark. Uh, the Knights are dead last in goals per game at home, and that can't possibly last. I mean, <laughs> one of the best teams in the league. So somehow, some way, you, you would expect that the leader, A, figure something out, or B, it will just even out mathematically, because it, it is so mind-blowing that, that that would all be the case. Um, and here's an opportunity. I mean, you know, could be some of it is just the schedule. You know, they've got now four straight home games, um, and, you know, some of these games are quite winnable, uh, given the opponent's record. So I guess time will tell. Yeah, it's weird how disruption can be your poison and can be your medicine all at the same time. And and you, you talk about going on the road and that kind of difference between the team at home, but then this is a lineup that's missing a lot of its key players. And the biggest omission, I think we all probably could agree that it's number nine and Jack Eichel. But how do you think that Paul Cotter has, has shown with uh, Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson so far? And, and what do you think their essence is just as a line? Yeah, you know, I think that he has, that Paul uh, has had uh, flashes of the kind of player that he can be. And that is, um, you know, more physical than players that you typically see on a top line, uh, which is not to say that, you know, Chandler Stevenson or Mark Stone uh, can't be tough and physical, but, but it's more ingrained in the way that Paul plays. Um, but, you know, he's still figuring things out at this level. And to play with guys that, um, you know, that high skill level, as Stevenson and, and Stone have, um, there's, there's a little bit of an adjustment. You get to anticipate tendencies, not just only of your line mates, but also like, okay, how does an NFL, excuse me, an NHL defense handle, um, you know, uh, Mark Stone, uh, Chandler Stevenson? Like, it's different than how an AHL team handles uh, top opponents. They're, they're just... Things are more predictable in the NHL than they are in the AHL. It's the nature of the ability. So I, I think he's been fine. I think that giving him opportunities on the power play gives him a little shot of confidence. Uh, I think that's, that could be helpful. And who knows how long it lasts. Um, but I, I think that, that Paul is also uh, quite hard on himself. I know he you know, wasn't happy with the game that he played a couple of nights ago. Uh, and then he almost, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know the extent of the injury, but he had a, quite the run-in physically with Jared Snorty, just like a brick wall. Um, and, um, and then the Knights had to sort of fill in his spot the rest of the way. So uh, we'll see if, if Paul's okay. But I, th- I think he's been fine there, but uh, room to grow. ESPN Las Vegas. We're speaking with Vegas Knights, Vegas Golden Knights play-by-play Dan Duva. I like to... Stretch out the U because <laughs> I want to give you that, that, that feel there. But uh, through the first 30 games of the season, so Logan Thompson, he's been the clear starter for the Knights uh, more than twice uh, than Aiden Hill. And, but the thing is, is Cassidy, and we, we all think that Logan Thompson's doing good, but Cassidy said that he wants to uh, tighten the gap in playing time. His exact words will probably open up the competition a little more now that they've yeah. both kind of settled in, understand how we want to play and what's in front of them. And my question is, is how do they do that? I mean, it, is it, would that kind of mess with the chemistry a little bit? I think the, uh, the schedule will demand that because the Knights have been, you know, pretty, um, you know, regular and playing every other day. 
Um, you know, now you've got that here through the, the next four games to close out the schedule before the Christmas break. Um, so, you know, you figure out of these next four games, you know, does Hill's going to get at least one? Does he get two? I don't know. Uh, I mean, he, he's, he's played well. I mean, I think the five goals that he gave up in Winnipeg is deceiving. I think that he was very good in his two previous games, only gave up one. Uh, but then after Christmas, you're going to have back-to-back. Clearly, we'll split those two. Uh, then you've got Nashville and Colorado after the break. But then you've got a, a lot of days off, and you can't let one goaltender go too long without playing a game. And I think that that's sort of what ended up happening. You know, Hill won his first five and had three straight without a win. And it was at that stage where he wasn't playing as often. Uh, and I think that, you know, Logan Thompson has uh, certainly thrived on being the, the lead guy. But, um, you know, you also have to manage a young goaltender. I mean, he's played well. He's got numbers that are, you know, variably in the top 10 or top 15 in different categories in the league. Uh, but, you know, he had been higher. You know, he had been top five in a lot of things. So he's come back to earth a little bit, um, and he's learning a lot. So I, I think that it makes sense to, to balance it. But you're, you're also kind of just going with what the schedule deals you. The Knights had had a compact schedule, but once uh, Christmas comes and goes, it's a very thin schedule uh, from the month of January. Don't forget, you've got the All-Star game. You've got the bye week at the end of the month. So it's going to be – you're going to want to use both goaltenders just in order to keep them fresh. But, I mean, think about it. I mean, Aiden Hill is, um, only has two regulation losses. So uh, if you can get that kind of play from your number two – I think that that's that's tremendous. I like it. Yeah, for me, it's kind of a process improving if you can play in this league because you can show what your ceiling is, show your ability, but then the next step once you make that is showing the consistency, and I think that's where Thompson's trying to figure things yeah. out and from a night-to-night basis yeah, because agree. you can still get wins, but there's always a couple goals like, I wish I could have that one back or, or I wish I played this one a little bit differently. But regardless, this is a team with a lot of young talent on it, and somebody that's stepped up pretty well uh, as of late is Daniil Merrimanoff. He had three points the other night. Uh, is starting to, to learn a little bit about that man's game that Bruce Cassidy mentioned during their last homestand. But what is your read on, on his kind of climb uh, so quickly? Wow. Well, last year, you know, was our first taste of Daniil in the preseason. And uh, there was the game in Salt Lake City where we met him for the first time, and, and he just flashed this offensive ability. Plus, he's six foot, six foot four. And, um, he gets to know his story a little bit and how he, of course, is from Russia, but had come over and played Canadian junior hockey, then went back to Europe, then came back here, played in the ECHL for the Manchester Monarchs for a season, then in Czechoslovakia, the Czech Republic, at that league. Uh, so then you had him go back to the KHL, that he came back over here. So he's had this incredible winding road. But, you know, when he got his chances last year, Lindsay, was two games here, one game there, three games here. You know, so we played 11 games, but they were all sort of spread out over the course of the season. Well, look, now he's played six, seven in a row, and, you know, you get comfortable. Um, you get to know your D partner, in this case, Ben Hutton, and uh, get some power play time. And then what do you know? He's got four points in two games, scores his first goal, and it looks like he's been playing in the league a lot longer uh, than just these six, seven games. So it, to me, it's, it's been very impressive. Uh, you also hear him talk about his path and um, you know, how important his family has been, um, the, uh, the goal of getting to the NHL, uh, you know, taking advantage of opportunities, how much he cares about. And we ask him, you know, what are you most proud of of what you've been doing in the American League? He said, working on my defensive game. 
Uh, he knows that that's the thing that might keep him from being an NHL regular, so he's really focusing on that. Clearly, the offensive ability is there. He's just got the instincts. And, hey, you need that right now without Petrangelo, without Theodore, the most offensive blue liners that the Knights have. And, uh, you know, I mean, heck, he's, he's, he's producing. I mean, that's the, the, the end of the day. As much as you like to see the prospects step up and fill in, uh, you need to win games and you need to produce. And Mir Manov has done that. And uh, I've been impressed. I mean, we, we always liked him when we saw him last year. But I've been, uh, I've been, I think, even more impressed than I thought I would be. ESPN Las Vegas. We're speaking with Dan Duva. Uh, real quick, we're up against the wall here. Can Vegas sustain this early season success and how? Yeah, I think that not only will they sustain it, I think that they ought to get better. I think if the, the more that they figure out Bruce Cassidy's system, I think then at some point you would hope that the injured guys come back and, and get healthy. So to me, there's, um, there's greater upside. I mean, their, their numbers on special teams are average at best. So to me, this is a team that'll only get better. Plus, as you know, teams figure each other out. The goaltenders, um, you know, their first full seasons in the NHL with the Golden Knights. So I, I, I think that not only can they sustain it, in my opinion, they ought to get even better. Dan, we really appreciate it. We know you're out there at morning skate or getting ready for it. Um, I will see you at T-Mobile tonight, Golden Knights, Islanders, and we thank you for joining us on our final show of the season and finally getting you on, my man Dan Duva. Oh, thanks very much, everybody. Thanks, Willie. Good to be with you, and uh, we'll see you tonight. All right. So there you have it, Golden Knights returning home. Another successful road trip, hopefully, for local fans, they will pull off. They got four straight home games. Um, Lids, how do you see them? Do you think that the, the the Thanksgiving holiday, the way that that went, three games, four nights, um, you know, uh, just the way that that sort of lingered? Do you because th- they came home after that, but that particular one coming up to Christmas, do you think that that could possibly have a positive effect in terms of their mindset for this four game homestand? Yeah, absolutely. I think it adds uh, an extra motivation to kind of say, hey, we haven't been great here. We need to carry over some of these successes that we found on the road and really start to turn the tide. Because if you're going to be a team that's going to be towards the top of the things, like I love the fact that they went on the road as much as they do. And when they get to the playoffs, if they get to the playoffs, that's going to bode extremely well for them. But you want to take care of things on home ice. It makes things so much easier for you. And, and ultimately, they're just they're trying to find a new identity right now with so many guys out. And so I, I hope that that road trip kind of helped with that gelling. And so tonight's that, that first test. All right, there you have it. So Golden Knights tonight against the Islanders, Sister Station 98.9. You got Dan Duva on the call with Gary Lawless. And, of course, I'm our guy Ryan, the hockey guy, taking care of business pre, post, and in between the periods for the updates. We also have the UNLV runner rules in action. They are un Defeated, first time since 1990-91. That, of course, was the dreaded Duke season um, year after the national championship. And we have former running Rebel Curtis Terry. He is the uh, color commentator for the UNLV Running Rebels. He's coming up to break down your UNLV Rebels right here on Throw the Flag on ESPN Las Vegas. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Tonight. Later on, we'll conspire. Here comes Santa 
Claus. As we dream by the fire. Here comes Santa Claus. Face on the fray. The bear. Throw the flag. I had to play. I had to build that. Uh, by the way, Gooch, Willie, throw the flag, Golden Circle, Sportsbook and Bar here at Treasure Island on ESPN Las Vegas. I have never seen an Anna Kendrick movie outside of Pitch Perfect. Okay. That is from Pitch Perfect 2, the scene with Snoop Dogg. And uh, so I was trying to find some rejoins without using the same old Christmas. And, I, and last week I found a cool um, All I Want for Christmas uh Sort of a, just a cover, a funky cover. And I saw this one today, and I was like, I'm throwing this on for my guy, Curtis, just because I love Anna Kendrick in that movie. I don't know what else she's done or, or any other movies, but I just thought it was a great scene. So, of course, we did a little Anna Kendrick Snoop Dogg rejoin for my guy, former running rebel, UNLV running rebel color commentator, Curtis Terry, joining the show to talk about the undefeated running rebels. Curtis, what's up, my guy? It was good on, fellas, and you, you can never go wrong with Anna Kendrick and Pitch Perfect. So that, that was a good call there. Yeah, okay, good. I'm glad that you. <laughs> we were worried. We needed. We needed you to just give us a thumbs up, so we so, can move on. So let's just do a deep dive because you know we're sitting here. It's in Las Vegas. Uh, the Las Vegas Bowl is here today. The Golden Knights are in tonight. The Raiders are here, but by God, the UNLV Runner Rebels, one of the last undefeated teams in the nation. What's going on with this team? Man, it's, it's it's good times in Las Vegas. Obviously, but Vegas sports are hot right now, professionally, uh, as well as with college athletics. Obviously, with with the new football coach being brought in, with um, the Rock and, and her group trying to trying to repeat in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, but what Coach Kevin Kruger and his staff are doing, um, especially with, with people not really having expectations, um, it's a great time to to, to be a Rebel fan. Um, but it, it's fun. It's just it's reinvigorating, um, especially from the basketball standpoint. But uh, Coach Kevin has, has these guys playing really, really well. I think everybody's surprised at how how hot they have started, but just in, in terms of how they've done it, just with the defensive effort and attitude, um, it's, it's, it's just a lot of fun, and it's it's going to make things even funner for, as a sports fan. But then you, you throw in the Las Vegas Bowl, and, and it's kind of a it's a it's a triple header today that you got to pick and choose kind of where you want to be and, and where your loyalty's at. So, Curtis, you mentioned the defense, which has been outstanding. Um, Adam Hill and I talked about this several times on different shows. The question is, how long can a college basketball team sustain 40 minutes? Because what he's been most impressed with is wire-to-wire defense and how Kevin Kruger has his team playing such stifling defense from the opening tip to the final horn. How long can some – I mean, can a team – I mean, you, this is your game. This is your sport. You played it. You, you, you call it. You cover it. Can a team do this all season from wire to wire? I sure as heck hope so. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. It, it, that's the thing. I mean, everybody say, can, can you sustain it? Can you keep it up? I mean, just human nature says no, right? Uh, just in terms of there's going to be some letdown and kind of complacency. Uh, but, but the way these guys play, they're really committed to it. And, and they're not a team, and I've said this before on the broadcast and, and, on, and on Kevin's uh, on radio show, but – they don't look for offense to get them going. Most teams, you know, I mean, like so, I mean, NBA, Steph Curry, they come out, they hit threes, they get going, they get excited. People need breakaways, they need dunks, um, they need a crossover, something flashy on offense to kind of feel confident about what they're doing. This team doesn't need that. They look to get stops on defense. They look to get deflections. They look to get blocks. 
Um, they want to force a, force a shot clock violation, gets them going, gets them fired up. That sparks their offense. And so, I mean, like I said, human nature says, no, you're not going to be able to sustain that. Uh, but the way these guys play and they're committed to that and the fact that they're so deep, that what lets me know, like, maybe they can push this a little longer than a normal team could. Uh, but at the end of the day, you, you still got to come out there and, and, and put forth your best effort. But I think because they play defense, no matter how things go on offense, I think they'll always be in every game because this is where they're committed to is on the defensive end. ESPN Las Vegas, we're speaking with former player and now UNLV color commentator Curtis Terry. And we just talked about the defense, but there are a lot of question marks heading into the season. And have you seen the offense come to form considering that was a big question mark? Yeah, I mean, especially as of late. I mean, the, the offense is not really a concern at all. I mean, the, the first couple games are like, wow, these guys, maybe they're not going to make any shots. Um, maybe they're not going to be able to match what they're doing defensively, I mean, from an offensive standpoint. But they're, they're coming into their own. I mean, it, and what Elijah Harkins has done, obviously, he, he kind of led the way early on. He surprised me every time out what he can do with, with ball control, with his body control how he gets to the line. Um, Keyshawn Gilbert, I mean, I think he's a, he's a superstar that's, that's starting to really come through, and people are going to be really surprised at how he continues to grow, especially in his sophomore season. Um, Luis Rock, what he's doing in terms of being able to step up and make clutch shots. Um, they're really starting to get more comfortable offensively. I think that had a lot to do with learning their teammates, knowing where they're going to get their shots and opportunities offensively but also just being more comfortable and confident in, in, in kind of the game plan. And, it's in, and especially with basketball, I mean, you don't want your offense to start hot because at some point that's going to taper off. You want your defense to start, sustain that, and let that grow as you continue through the season. Uh, but I think these guys are going to continue to get better and better offensively the more comfortable they get. But then when you get into the conference play, when things start to bog down, they rely on that defense, and then they've got enough guys sprinkled throughout that can give you some some hits on given night. Is there a player that came into the season with a lot of questions surrounding them that has pleasantly surprised you? I mean, I I, I just got to keep pointing out Keyshawn Gilbert. Right. I mean, for what Keyshawn did last year as a freshman, I mean, and everybody just knew he he was energy. He was excited, kind of wet behind the ears. Just you kind of just you I mean it's like a dog when you get to the park, just hold him, hold him, just and you cut him free and, and just let him right. go and, and, and chase and, and do whatever he can to have some fun, and that's what he did defensively. But he made this leap in, in terms of offense where his game is just it's, it's exploded. I mean, exponentially what he does in terms of being able to control the ball, uh, push the tempo in transition, break down his defender on offense. Um, but then the fact that he, he's shooting the, the, the three-pointer at such a high clip right now, and that's something that he really struggled with and didn't seem to have confidence in last year. And the fact that he missed that shot in the conference tournament in front of their bench. Um, and I said this before, I think that's what really motivated him. And he said that that's kind of what did he didn't want to have that that feeling anymore that he let his teammates down or couldn't make that open shot and he's really proved that he, he put in the work and he's super confident in what he's doing so I think Keyshawn Gilbert is the guy that has surprised me the most offensively but just all around game and transformation from one year to the next you were talking about three-point percentage he's got a 56.7 three-point percentage that is not too shabby we're speaking to former running rebel Curtis Terry play-by-play, or color commentary, I should say, on the radio broadcast. And the running Rebels will be hosting San Francisco tonight. UNLV, one of seven teams in the nation that remain undefeated at 10-0. and So let me ask you this, Curtis, because, you know, one of, the, one of the things every single season is when will the fans return? And a lot of the, the response is, well, start winning. Now they've won. They're doing their part. The players are doing their part. Kevin Kruger's doing his part. 
Um, this is a team that's somewhat playing an exciting brand of basketball where defense is turning into offense, as you mentioned. Um, maybe a little reminiscent of the old school days. You know, people always think about the old school Tarkanian days and the high scoring teams that averaged over 100 points. But, you know, Jerry Tarkanian was known for his defensive strategies, the amoeba defense. What's the atmosphere like in the Thomas and Mack? And are you starting to see the fans embrace and come back? I mean, I think everybody knows this, and you've been in Vegas a long time. Well, I mean, when UNLV basketball um, is competitive, um, when they're winning, it's a, there's a different vibe, there's a different energy in this city. Um, it hasn't been like that for a while. Uh, and I think Coach Kevin Kruger and his staff are, are doing the right things to kind of build that back up. And now in this in current day, you, you've got to compete with the Raiders, with the Knights, uh, with Coach Becky Hammond and, and her WNBA champion, Las Vegas Aces. I mean, there's a lot to, to go against, um, which is a good thing, again, in this city. But I think that the energy is coming back in the Thomas and Mack. People are really starting to believe in Coach Kevin Kruger and what he's doing and what this team is doing and how they're playing. It's easy to get behind them and support them just because of the style. Yeah. Um, but I think we're, we're still trying to get the, get, the, get the fans back in there. And I think if you can continue this up um, through, through today's game, uh, through next week, right before Christmas, um, to then you, and I've said this a couple weeks ago, but you're, we're circling and targeting here the New Year's Eve um, day, New Year's Eve day afternoon um, on national television, a, a potential top 25 matchup against San Diego State. And if that place doesn't have 12,000-plus people in there, um, and I don't know what's wrong with this because this is the opportunity that people wanted with UNLV basketball, and it's a great chance to do it. But you got to take care of business tonight. But you got to support these guys because they're they're playing the butts off. Twelve thousand. Let me tell you something. I've I've been to the convention center rotunda in the '70s when it was packed. I've been in the eighteen thousand five hundred standing room only Thomas and Mac back in the Freddie Banks, Mark Wade, and uh, you know the LJ days, the uh, JR Ryder days. That place, if UNLV remains undefeated, goes into New Year's Eve against San Diego State, and they're both ranked, that place better be packed because you, you, we've heard every excuse under the sun with Run Rebel fans. And you may be a new lo- local fan when it comes to the Raiders, as Curtis mentioned, or the Golden Knights. But when it comes to ticket prices, when it comes to that Rebel fight song, when it comes to the fireworks, when the lights go out for introductions, there is no better nostalgia, no better feeling. You locals that have that are new to somewhat new to Vegas. I say new, and that means like if you've been here since 2000 and up. I've been here since 72, so I don't want to hear old school. 90s, you're not old school. 70s, talk to me. But the new school Golden Knights fans that love when the lights go out and you all yell night during the national anthem and the introduction and the helmet comes down. There is no better nostalgia in this Thomas and Mac. When those lights go out, the fireworks. Curtis knows what I'm talking about because he's heard his name announced during that, and the Rebel fight song. So if that if they're undefeated going into that game, it better be sold out. Um, Curtis, your overall thoughts. You mentioned at the beginning of the of the uh, interview on what we're seeing with UNLV and athletics. So Barry Odom's now in place, SEC experience. This week, it's announced that Bobby Petrino is the offensive coordinator, SEC experience, and beyond. Um, so much going on. Lindy LaRock has built the women's program, exponentially getting better. Um, now with what we're seeing with UNLV basketball and beyond with other athletes, what's your thoughts as an alum and what we're seeing over there on Maryland Parkway? 
But it's a great time to be a Rebel. Not just to run Rebel. It's a great time to, to be a Rebel fan, um, a UNLV alum. It's, I mean, you got to give credit to, to UNLV athletic director Eric Carr for what he's done. Now I'm in the position that he was he was put in as the interim, and then getting the job and and, and having to make decisions to to either keep football coach, and he went out and got a new one, and and just the excitement behind Coach Barry Young coming in. Um, I mean, Bobby Petrino. I mean, you're talking about guys that have had experience. I mean, in the highest level of college football. Um, the, this is what you ask for, I mean, as a college athletics fan, right? I mean, at, at any other school, and I'm originally from Tacoma, Washington, and so for us it was always looking at University of Washington. I mean, all their programs were always competitive. My, my cousin played football for the Huskies and during the Don James era, and, and I, that's where I grew up seeing, and, and that's what you always kind of latch on to is, is what you know. And, and for, like you said, UNLV fans, you talk about Larry Johnson and, and Greg Anthony, those guys, and you take it even back to Hardaway eight groups and, Oh, yeah. This is what you want as a college fan because every sport right now is competitive. I mean, baseball is doing good. Um, I mean, obviously what, what volleyball does and, and, and their program is built. And so if you want to support college athletics, this is the best time to do it. That's why Director Eric Harper has put his coaches in a position to be successful. The coaches have done so with, the, with their players and their student-athletes. And uh, it's just a good thing to see, especially when you compete with all the professional sports that we have here now. And, and Vegas is a sports town. And now you can pick and choose what you want to do with your hard-earned dollars. But I still think at the end of the day, there's something just refreshing and genuine and, and just honest about college athletics, and these kids really trying to compete to get to that next level, even if they have NIL. Um, it's, it's, it's a good thing, and it's a good time. So hopefully the Runner Rebels can keep it rolling today, uh, along with every other uh, Rebel athletic program on campus. Follow him at Curtis Terry Jr. on Twitter. Curtis, appreciate you coming on. Our season finale, breaking it down. Had to get you on before we ended the show this season. Uh, well, I guess Curtis is gone, but <laughs> that, that's, but we do appreciate Curtis coming on today, uh, breaking down some Runner Rebels again. They are playing outstanding basketball. You've been waiting for it. You've been calling for it. You've been clamoring for it to get out there to support them. Win and we'll show up. Well, they're winning. They play San Francisco tonight, so if you're not going to the Golden Knights game, grab a ticket, get out there. Exciting brand of basketball. When we come back, it's everyone's favorite segment. I'm 14-3-1. and one. Gooch is 12-5, and five, and he's typed out another marathon paragraph for his free pick. <laughs> We're back with our gambling segment. Free picks on Throw the Flag, ESPN Las Vegas. What do you see the charger total? I'm looking for 46 only for up to 40,000. Under 46 for up to 40,000. Game 132, what do you see the cowboy uh, total? 51 and a half only for up to 30,000. How much money did you just pay? That's, uh, let's see, 225, 325, 525, 550, 750, 900, 11, uh, 1230, 1270, 1370, uh, it's 1,370,000 plus 10%. Uh, that's how much I risk. Average Sunday morning of football? Yeah, I would say that before the day's over, I, I'll probably end up with, uh, I don't know, maybe $2 million uh, at risk. If you're not betting like Billy Walters, please don't come at me with your picks. I mean, you're just, you're just, you're, you're not sharp, you're not wise. You're just a gambler, a recreational gambler. Yeah, yeah. When you're betting with pretty much a whole city's funds, yes, right. it's like, then you when can you, talk. When you're betting in one day what you would be lucky to make your entire life, talk to me. Yeah. About, about what you, then you can give me your opinion on a game. Now, that being said, if you're 14-3-1 on the season, like myself, or 12-5, and five, like Gooch, or 1-0, and oh, like Brett Ernst, our guest host, who had the Texans last week. I lost last week. So I'm blaming it on Atlas Rock Hunt because well, yeah, see, he comes, you leave, I lose. Well, I won. I bet on baby. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> you, you, you don't get a win. You don't get a notch in the win column. 
you won as a you win as a father, but you didn't win last week. Well, can I can I can I just have like a one one for one in the no father asterisk. category? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, so yeah, one yeah, for yeah, one, yeah, doing yeah. pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. All right, He's, he go. hasn't been to jail yet. I'm killing it at this dad thing. He hasn't been to jail, <laughs> but there is maybe spiked breast milk. Could be. The holidays are here, Willie. Well, yeah. Eggnog for him. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's it's nursing with a, with a shot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I and I basically just put a nipple on an old fashioned, and then that's how you know. And then we we bond. That's we good. bond. How many? The the, the, the <laughs> great thing is is because we won't see each other now for. You know, uh, maybe well, forty some Monday or something. Well, you when, when you come in on well, you don't come into the studio. I don't do the studio yet. much anymore. But uh, so we won't see each other. But what I'll what I'll be waiting for is the over under on how many pictures uh, the fiance takes of Atlas on your chest while you guys are napping. Bro, it is me. I'm taking all these pictures. I'm pretending to be napping. No, you don't, you don't need to pretend. <laughs> I have so many of those from uh, from when Kristen did that. Jordan's mother. Uh, from you know, it's just it's it's just it's the it's the dad pick. It's the normal right. dad pick. All right, let's get to it. Free pick. Go ahead. I'm gonna go. Okay, so last week Brett went went with the Texans to cover. I mean, now he actually went with the Texans, who were not favored against the Cowboys. Well, now I'm gonna take the under with the Chiefs and the Texans because it seems like half my wins this season have been me betting against the Texans, and I just think the uh, I'm gonna take the under on this one. The Chiefs are favored by 13 and a half. The under is at 47 and a half. And I just can't see the Texans scoring any points. I see the Chiefs going out to a hot start. Texas is going to have to rely on the quarterback. It's not going to happen. And I just see the, this game going under. Okay, so Gooch's free pick is the final free pick of the season. Chiefs, Texans, under. He's looking to go to 13-5. and five. He's 12-5 and five on the year. My free pick is today. And it's going to be the Buffalo Bills, whatever the line is, uh, I'm not sure what it is currently here at. I believe it's seven it's here seven. at Treasure Island. Um, let's put it this way. I've seen pictures of Orchard Park. It is frozen. Miami is coming off back-to-back games on the West Coast in which it stayed out there. West Coast. Now, it's chilly here and there, sure. But it is nothing like frigid Orchard Park. So it returns home off losses, tries to regroup, and now it's going to have to go up north to play a rival that's looking for revenge from earlier this season. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This is a game in which Buffalo should thrive. It's not a knock against Miami. It's just a terrible spot for them to play this season. Um, I, I like the Bills. My, I think the Bills could destroy – like, I don't know if Miami's going to score a touchdown. It's, if you've seen the weather and what it's like, the, the, the snow drifts, you know, they, they had to leave town – about a month ago, right, to go play in Detroit. Play in Detroit, yeah. Um, and, then st- and then went home but came back to play in Detroit against the Lions. Um, but now it's, it's manageable, but the bottom line is it's, I mean, I, I, like I said, it, I just don't see the Dolphins being able to operate offensively. And especially with the Dolphins' high-flying offense in that weather, it's just not a good combination. It's going to be tough. It's yeah. going to be tough. I mean, you know, uh, Tyree Kill, you know, Kansas City gets some cold weather, so he, he might be used to a little bit. But just overall, I don't see it happening. I like Buffalo. Gooch likes the Chiefs-Texans under. I think we got about 90 seconds. Lindsay, you got any opinion on your Vikings? They're, they're taking the field with the Colts. Uh, I like them against the Colts, to be honest. And uh, they have a super fan there as well to uh, usher in a victory who's a huge fan of Justin Jefferson called Cadillac Jack. She's huge on TikTok. And so... Um, I, I like them today. All right, so we got Lindsay's free pick. 
she's making her inaugural free pick on the final final show. <laughs> they should Lindsay, join the show, Lindsay. It. <laughs> yeah. Lindsay's laying three and a half. Uh, what about the Golden Knights? She picking them tonight against the Islanders? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I like that All attitude. Right. I'm sold. Hey, don't forget tomorrow at the Westgate, I'll be out there from 8 to 9 breaking down the games before I head over to Allegiant. Gooch is going to be giving prizes away in the International Theater. 1,500 seats, smoke-free environment, so come on down to the Westgate for our Sunday party with ESPN Las Vegas. When we come back, it's the second half of the show. It's Willie, it's Goose. We're throwing the flag at Treasure Island Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar on ESPN Las Vegas. Now, back to Throw the Flag with Willie Ramirez and Gooch. All right, just had to get that in there. Willie picked that one, but oh, it's a classic temptation, Silent Night. Once again, Gooch, Willie, throw the flag back again at the Golden Circle Sportsbook, Treasure Island Hotel and Casino. And it's at the top of the hour. Usually, my throw the flag segment, it's usually me complaining about something, but it's been a wild week. It's been a wild seven days. And now I just want to come out and just say, just, just say some things that I'm, I'm thankful for. Can I do that? So let's start off with my partner, Willie Ramirez. I'm thankful for this guy. When I first, when you meet Willie, you got to understand, Willie's a jack dude. Bald head, steely blue eyes. He, he looks like, uh, like he would be a boss on Double Dragon, like at the end. And then you get to the, and then all of a sudden he just shows up with like a three-piece suit, takes off the jacket, rolls up the sleeves a little bit, and then all of a sudden he's this like fighting machine. Then you get to know the guy. He doesn't warm right up to you right away. He makes you earn it. And then you start hearing about him talk about his family and you start hearing about his work ethic. And he's not a bragger. He just tells you like it is. And, Willie, you've made my job so easy on this show. You, you've made me step up. Like, whenever I make a mistake, I'm like, oh, God, did I just upset Dad? <laughs> it's like... But you made me you made me take it more seriously. You you've really opened my eyes to the world of sports journalism. You've made me open my eyes to just sports radio and you've made me better. Uh, your your take on fatherhood has really inspired me uh, and and the things that I want to get Atlas involved in and I and I'm thankful for you. I I, I didn't know how this pairing was going to be. You 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 admit to taking Adderall. Uh, as you know, my thing of choice is not that. It's the exact opposite of that. I chew my nails. You get your nails done. You wear jewelry. I don't wear any. In a lot of ways, we're such an odd couple, but I really am thankful that you came into my life. Show me a different perspective, and I wouldn't want to do this show any other way. I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's uh, – I think there's a, there's a sense of uh, – this day and age, it's, it's hard to be uh, the person that I am. Um, you mentioned, you know, the, the sort of the hard shell on the outside. Um, it, it comes from a time in, in Las Vegas where, you know, you, um, you somewhat protect yourself from. Um, Grifters. Well, not really drift. It's just you kind of when Las Vegas was small, we saw, you know, 
every walk of life came into your life and, and you accepted everybody for who they were. And when I say this, I say this with the utmost respect without trying to provide shock value because I'm not. But, you know, when I graduated high school, within three months, I was hitting the nightclubs. And, you know, back then it was a normal thing at 17 to be in the nightlife in Las Vegas. And that meant that you ran across businessmen, uh, DJs, dancers, wannabe singers that went on to be singers or didn't. Um, women of the nightlife, if you know what I mean, drug dealers, drug addicts, and some of them were your closest friends. And so you learned to somewhat um, understand people from every walk of life. So like in nowadays in, in where we're at, when people come at you, there are some people that are half my age that try to think, oh, oh man, you know, you don't, I can get over on you. It's like, dude, I saw you seven miles before you got here. Like, I, I can read into personalities. I'm not saying I know everything, know everybody. I'm not saying that nobody gets over on me. But what I'm saying is, is that you tend to protect your exterior as you gauge and understand people. Um, you know who's fake. You know who smiles in your face. You know who talks to me. You learn to warm up to the right people. And, you know, one thing that I'll put out there, which I'm going to touch on in my segment, is that, you know, be careful of who you talk about and who you disrespect because as disrespectful as you may be about others, people will see through that and it will eventually get back to whomever. And so with that being said, um, it's hard to be an old school person in 2022 because people don't know where you're coming from because of how people are today. They don't understand if, you know, the person that you've gotten to know, or like I've mentioned several times, Lindsay and I, you know, since she was first got here, really, I mean, I don't know. Hey, don't steal my thunder. I got something coming for no, her too. But, you know, her and I have, you know, she invited me one day. She was like, hey, let's go watch a game together. Now, I don't know if we watched a total of one period we looked up for it at highlights, but we just got to know one another and sort of on a mental health aspect. And um, everybody gets to see you from a different light when they actually talk to you and get to know you rather than presume or hear what other people have to say. Like, if if you're hearing about Gooch or Lindsey Brown or Chad or Willie Ramirez from someone else, then you don't know Jack. Get to know somebody. And so I think that that's what you've come to appreciate is that, um, and I'm not breaking up. I'm just my throat. Um, no, break up. Come on, man. It won't you heard what I just said. Um, no, it, it's it's more so just, you know, like you said, real, recognizing real, and, and keeping it real at all times and understanding that you can be old school. You can keep it real. You can stand on your own two feet. But you can also exhibit kindness toward people. You can... You know, you can also understand that other people are going through something. You don't always have to be snarky. You don't always have to be rude. You don't always have to, you know, jump on somebody's weaknesses to, 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 to you know, it's, it's rough. It's rough. And like I said, um, in our next segment, when I talk, it's, I'm, I'm going to talk about something pretty deep, pretty serious, okay. considering the holidays. So I'll let you go on. All right. ESPN Radio. Las Vegas. So my next person I'm going to say that I'm thankful for real quick and to give a big shout out to Q, who 
only called in once because I said D-bag on the air, and he was like, no more. So I'm like, all right, Q, I listen. I want a big shout-out to Jed because, you know what, Jed doesn't say much, he, but he does the job perfectly, and, and when I make a joke and he laughs, that's how I know it's a good joke. So thank you so much. I want to thank, uh, when we get to Lindsay, Lindsay, let me tell you something. You, we got to do whatever we got to do to make sure you get your own show, that you're calling the shots because, damn it, you're good. Thank you, Gooch. I appreciate you. Thank you. I swear, we need to get you out there. I mean, like, we listen to you ask these questions during interviews. There's no stuttering. There's no nothing. You just get it out there. Facts on top of facts. Uh, You know, you're always running shows when I'm over at comp, so I never get to stop in and say what's up. But you're always in the building. And Willie's, Willie's always commenting on your work ethic. And that brings so much to the show. Uh, the, the you brought up certain things that I was able to, where I thought I was completely out of the conversation. And you bring something in, and I'm like, oh, th- okay, thank you, Lindsay. Now I could get in on this. And it's like, you, you've, you've made this show so easy for me to do as well. And I, like, anything I could do or Willie could do to make sure you reach that next level in your broadcasting career, we got to do it because the world is starving. They need you. Oh, I appreciate that. You guys have been more than welcoming, and it's been an absolute pleasure to be uh, the quarterback of this particular ship. Yeah, and another thing that I'm thankful for, dude, we have teams in Las Vegas. Oh, we have good teams in Las Vegas. We got the Aces winning championships. Vegas Golden Knights are jumping off to a crazy hot start. UNOV is 10-0. and oh, We got the Raiders. But, dude, there's so much to be positive about. And then all the things that are coming to Las Vegas. Look at the fight car we got going on tonight. We got bowl games that are going to be played here. It, it, the city is exploding I can't begin to tell you how happy I am to just be living here. Do you remember those years, Willie, where it's like we had the Rebels and the Rebels weren't good, and that's all we had to talk about. That's all we had to hang our hats on. Now look at all the stuff that we have here in this town. It's incredible. I love it. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it many times. I've had people come up to me since this show started, but since uh, Steve Cofield gave me my shot um, in 2021, um, and said, you know, enough is enough as you being a guest host from now and then, you know, every now and then uh, it's time for you to get paid and, and, and join the team. Um, you know, I get compliments all the time. You sound great. You, you know, it's good to hear you talk about this. Good to, you know, love this, love that. The stories that people love the most are Old Vegas. When I touch on Old Vegas, when I talk about the old school nightclubs, when I talk about the old streets that we used to run, you know, the, the neighborhoods. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I remember... You know, um, was a couple of weeks ago. I actually did a TikTok with a voiceover, um, a sound that they have. You know, it's like, you know, uh, tell me you're from the bottom or, or you say you're from the bottom, show me the bottom. And I went to my old neighborhood, which is like off Sahara and Karen behind oh. behind the West Gate. You know, there's one way in and one way out of that neighborhood. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, but back in the day, that was wasn't that bad of a neighborhood but it was still looked the same in a sense i mean only difference was there was you know my mom chimed in she goes hey that was nice back then i was like yeah it had grass and shrubs other than that it looks the same mom um but those were the days of the running rebels at the rotunda you know and there was nothing else that you went to and the las vegas stars came um and going out to the silver bowl which i still call it the silver bowl not sam boyd stadium um, and those were the good old days, man. Those were the days where, you know, there was just mutual respect among people. 
Um, you kind of kind of knew how to act. Um, I, I've said this in columns. I've said this on the air, you know. Um, taking a backhand from, from, from one of your friends for saying the wrong thing at the wrong time, it just meant, hey, you're out of line. Shut up. You can't do that these days. Um, right. So you have to... You have to have couth, I guess. You have to have – you can't just crack someone in the chops when they when they step out of line. But, you know, th- that was a, that was just a great time in old Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and except, yeah, nobody was calling the cops. That was the last thing you could do back in those days. And it's like nowadays it just seems like, let me talk about my struggle. Let me talk about – and I get talking about your struggle, but don't let that be your personality, you guys. There is so much out there to be thankful for every time you talk about the things that you lack every time you talk about this guy's doing this why aren't i good enough it's like you don't even know what that guy is doing to get to that point or has been through or what he has been through just focus on what gets focus on what makes you happy it'll give you a completely new look on life and i was starting to have this when my girlfriend stephanie was just and who was now my fiance it's like where I, I was just having this moment where she was just pregnant with Atlas, and I was starting to become more and more thankful and, and looking at how lucky I am and my family and these friends, these amazing friends, my amazing family, and my amazing career. And if you could just focus on that instead of just focusing on what you don't have. We all have goals, and focusing on what you don't have can kind of lead to a goal, but don't make that the overall focus. Focus on the process. Willie always talks about the process. Lindsay's always talking about the process. If you love the process, that's how you get that Mamba mentality. You gotta love the practice. You gotta love getting up and going down to the stadium again to ask a question, the same question to a different coach. You have to love that. Yeah. And it's just all about being thankful. I can't stress that enough. That's the one thing I just want to get across to the whole public. If this is the last time you ever hear me talk, just be thankful for the things you already have in your life. You have two minutes. Your biggest thankful, obviously, is my, your newest addition. My Atlas Rock Han, you came into my life at on December 10th, 2022 at 1246 a.m., 8 pounds, 21 and a half inches long. You haven't even said a word to me yet. You've said so much already. I have to be a better man. Thank you so much for coming along. Thank you for making me a better man. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you guys have the same feeling. We're going to move on in just a little bit. We're actually going to move on right now. More Throw the Flag coming at you right after this. And next time, it's Willie's flag, and he's got some reminders he wants to instill in you. Now, back to Throw the Flag. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Man, I tell you what, if you cannot appreciate Luther Vandross, you missed out on one of the greats. I saw Luther twice. Once at the MGM Grand Garden, once at the Aladdin before he passed. Um, just one of the greatest crooners I've ever, so I wanted to make sure we got some Christmas love in from Luther. What's that one concert that you were the most happy that you made? That isn't that from, oh, from a person that's not no longer with us. Uh, Prince. Me too. Prince. Mine was at the joint. Mine was at Thomas and Mac. Oh, okay. And then I seen him later at the MGM Grand Garden, walked by him, and Chick, who was in Purple Rain, who was the bodyguard at uh, First Avenue the, with the big white beard, um, that was actually his bodyguard. 
his personal bodyguard. And when I walked by, I didn't realize he was there because when you're walking, you're looking ahead, and he was so much shorter. So I'm looking you ahead. Looked right and over he, I looked over the top from <laughs> peripheral and then just happened to look to my right, and he was standing in front of his v, big VIP, and I just I literally looked down, and I was so flabbergasted that I had to keep going without – and he was just standing there. Chick was behind him, but, like – he was just standing there, like it was like I probably could have said hi and said, "Hey, I used to when I was a kid. I used to go to go in front of your house in Chanhassen, Minnesota, long before Paisley Park Studios. He had this long, big. It looked like a big, spooky, dreary, purple house with black trim, black wrought iron gate, and that was one of the things you did back then. You know, in, in the mid '80s, um, was you you know be like, "Hey, what are you doing? Oh no, oh, let's drive by per- Prince's house. Okay, yeah, it was like right. one of the things to do. Like maybe we do. get inspired." Well, you know what? Uh, they used to say that if you hung out there at 5 in the morning, early, early, um, during the shooting of Purple Rain, you'd see them leave on either the motorcycle from the movie or in a purple limo okay. to go downtown for the shoot. So, But Prince is probably, that's the guy that I'm thankful that I got to see. Um, if there's one person that, I'm, that I wish I would have seen before he passed, it's Sammy Davis Jr. Okay. Comedian would be Don Rickles. Don Rickles, yes. Uh, I had a bunch of kids when I graduated high school. Some of those kids uh, went to go see him live, and I guess he roasted them, like roasted. And they were talking about it, and they were like, it was the funniest thing in the world. Don Rickles, yeah. That would probably be the one comedian that I wish I would have saw in his time. I've seen, I've seen Dave. I've seen Chris Rock I've, and uh, George Carlin. I saw all my heroes, yeah. so I got them all out of the way. I saw Eddie Murphy um, between Delirious and Raw – but it was the Raw special. Mm-hmm. So the Raw special came out like a year and a half later. But he did that that show on tour. It was at the old Hilton Convention Center. Um, back then, when I was getting my career started, I was a sports editor for the state's only black newspaper, the Las Vegas Sentinel Voice. Any concert, any show, every Rebel game, everything, they all advertised in, in the Sentinel Voice. So with the purchase came tickets. So... Um, Willis, who's my best friend, you know, to this day, him and his brother are my closest friends um, of 30 plus years. Um, we would always we'd go to events, you know, you name it. Um, back when, you know, you have these festivals now, back then that they were just getting started. Run DMC and Houdini, like that was a big deal. They were like, who do you like? You, you were the Team DMC or Team Houdini, and then they did a tour together, and it was lights out, right? Uh, you know, and then, and then it just kind of opened up, and all of a sudden there, there became more and more festivals and, and, and concerts. And so, uh, again, back to the old Vegas days, man. The Thomas and Mac was rocking back then. Uh, you know who else i seen, but she's not dead, who was a good concert. I don't know why that just popped in my head, but Janet Jackson was a good concert. Oh, yeah. I would have loved What year was that? The Janet Jackson 90s. If, it was in the 90s. Oh, the Janet Jackson If video? I don't think – when you were talking about falling in love with somebody on TV, yeah. the If video. Oh, the, oh, uh, the so video, That's the Way Love Goes, did it for oh, me. perfect. Mainly because my buddy Sugar Pop was in there, one of the original B-Boys. He was in the show Splash at the Riviera. And uh, he was the guy. He was her guy in the, in the video as, as the video progresses. And then she's on the staircase, and they're kind of snuggling. That's Sugar Pop. And uh, he just actually was just here for, like, a, a B-Boy seminar or something like that. So, um, anyway, good times, good times, good times. Speaking of dancing, speaking of entertainment, uh, we lost – Man, we lost a personality this week that um, this one, you know, I, I wasn't like a, a fan from if you think you can dance or 
whatever, but it was more so just whenever I'd see him on social media or if I have, I'm not a not not Ellen fan. Like, I don't dislike her, but I didn't tune in every day. I didn't have to watch her show. But I loved his inclusion. Um, Steven Twitch Boss took his life, 40 years old. Um, And, you know, videos, he, he was so active on TikTok and Twitch with his wife. And the, kids. The, and the kids, but um, the dancing videos and the love that these two shared, it goes back to, you know, so many conversations that, that I've had on air um, in a column in 2018 when I first did my very first Facebook post about suicide awareness. And then in 2020 when I wrote my own sort of a self-penned um, revelation. I don't know if that's what you want to call it, but just, you know, explaining my battles with um, suicide thoughts and when you see someone like that who's so electric and a personality that brings out the best in so many brings smiles to so many faces you know it's um it can it can get you to think it can get you to reflect on a lot of things and i said this on this show i've said it before on other shows there's a scene in oceans 11 where matt damon and brad pitt you know it's after they trail andy garcia or matt damon does and 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 Matt Damon says, boy, you could pick him. And Brad Pitt says, are you scared? And Matt Damon goes, you suicidal? And Pitt looks at him, smiles, and goes, only in the morning. And I relate to that. I relate to that video um, in a lot of ways. And in the last two weeks, man, in, in battling whatever it is, it's, it's not so much as like an illness or a, cold, a common cold or whatever, trying to figure out what it is. It's the day-to-day grind of whether or not you want to continue. And I don't know how else to put it. Um, It may sound, I don't know what it sounds like to others, but I can't explain to you unless you actually go through it and you deal with it. But as I've mentioned in the past, I've learned to call it cerebral health um, because you can't control what you go through. Um, Your mental health is how you control it. So your mental, people say you have mental health issues. I get it because that's what's out there. It's it's the common phrase, but really your 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 cerebral health is what you can't control. Your mental health is what you can because you use that to battle. And so when Twitch took his life, man, I really sat back and thought about it. I was like, wow, you know, they say you never know what people are going through and the happiness that people they exhibit on the outside. This was a guy that 48 hours before he took his life was doing videos with you know with his wife and and seemed happy and upbeat and um you know and he just whatever he was battling and and there are people out there that they call people that you know commit suicide cowards or they took the easy way out no actually it's the exact it's the opposite you know you have to think about how strong you have to be to do something like that and number one number two what were they going through that brought them to that decision? Especially someone like that that has a wife and kids and, you know, is, is a success. Um, you just don't know what's going to trigger someone. And it's my biggest fear when I'm up against it sometimes um, is, is there something that's going to trigger that? And, I, and I, I will say this. I haven't said this to anybody. Um, one time in the last two weeks, man, I'm sitting there. And I put, I put, I put it all on, on, on my Instagram story one day, and I used the future line from their Drake song, Life is Good, where he goes, Life is good. But I scanned over all these bottles of medicine 
from medicine I take daily to now having to take this, to syrup, to this, to that, I was like, there was at least one time where I was like, if I just take every single thing that's in front of me at one shot, I won't have to deal with this. Now, that may not sound normal to some people, but for some of us, it's a normal thought that we overcome in battle. And I bring all this up because we are in the holiday season. Gooch just did his segment on being thankful. And I'm not looking for attention. I'm not looking for anybody to reach out. I don't need anybody to message me, tweet me, DM me. I don't care. I, I, I've done learned how to deal with it. And my way of dealing with is talking about it with normalcy. What I do implore upon people is to remember that there are other people that are going through things that you have no clue. You have no, you can't even imagine what someone is going through. The hurt and the pain, especially during the holidays. This is the roughest time. It's the happiest time, they say, right? The most wonderful time of year. It's also the most painful for some people. So I implore you to reach out to your loved ones. I implore you to talk to you, talk to somebody. Reach out to somebody you haven't spoken with. If you have bad blood, you don't want to end it, that's whatever. But reach out to someone you haven't spoken to and just say, hey, I was just thinking about you. Because you have no clue what people are going through these days. And I know this is kind of easy to say, but you have to know that, number one, you have value. And number two, you have to know that the value, what the value is that people put in you. How much, I just got done doing a whole thing about how you made me better. And then here's somebody, and then here's somebody saying that, that they struggle with these things, that they struggle with these thoughts. And I just hope that that's ultimately what everybody walks away with this is just understand that you mean something. You are vital. And someone else's life, I mean, some people, they get their expectations high. They think that they need to be vital to this person or this person. It's like the people that you are vital to already hold you with such high regards. And if you could just, t and if you could just take a piece of how high they put you and just put that into yourself, you could turn everything around. Understand that you mean something. You're loved. We got two minutes left in this, and I, I don't want to leave Lynn's out. Lynn, I know you have been very vocal at times. You and I have talked. You got any, anything you want to share before we move on? Because um, we got a big guest coming up. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I just I want to thank you for for sharing your story and bringing that to light. Like that's not easy to do, even though it's something that you have found that helps you. I, I have similar. Thoughts. I have similar uh, ways of, of dealing with those things. But, I mean, there's so many different ways that you can talk yourself into really stupid stuff. But there's a lot of ways that you have to learn how to do it for yourself as well. Like, it's easy to say, well, be here for the people, be here for us, be there for forever. Ultimately, the person that is responsible for your well-being, your everything, is you. And that's a hard thing to deal with for a lot of people because we're not perfect beings. Like, we make a lot of mistakes. We, we keep a running tab of all the crappy things that we do and all the ways that we fall short. Like, I get super intrusive thoughts of just, like, something I said to my friend in, like, high school. Be like, God, I was so stupid to say that. And you just go through, like, this physical symptom of, of working through that. But it's an everyday thing. And the way that I sometimes say it or say to myself, I'll just go, let's just get through today. Let's just get through the next hour. Like it's, it's, it's not that bad, but it is, but you can grit through it and see where we're at on the other side. And so to anybody that's going through it right now and, and having trouble, you just got to find one person and, and talk about it because I, I have a hard time believing that anybody is really dealing with existence very well, especially these days. Cause it's just, 
we, our brains are very smart and it doesn't really make sense like how all of our problems can be so big and so insignificant at the same time. And so it, it's a constant battle and uh, a constant reassurance to yourself. And so I, I think conversations like this are important and, and role models like you, uh, Willie and Gooch are very important as well. So thank you for bringing yourselves today. From the family at Throw the Flag, we ask you to be kind these holidays. When we come back, Roy Wood Jr. right joining us on ESPN Las Vegas. Now, back to Throw the Flag. You heard the police talk to each other on the radio? Anytime the police talk to each other, it's just gibberish. Three Victor, two David, two David, two Victor. Come on, throw the flag. And we be watching the police in the grocery store. They see us looking at, looking at the radio. The police love to play it off, act like they understood what dispatch was talking about. Three Adam David, three Adam David, three Adam Spanko, two Victor, ten, three Victor, ten, four. Like you don't know what she just said. You don't know what she just said to you. You wonder why the police show up and shoot the wrong person. Christmas in Hollis. Little Run DMC action. Sounds of Roy Wood Jr. bringing us back. We are trying to work on getting on, getting to Roy. I know that he is at this. Ro- we we're talking about fatherhood throughout this show. He is at a robot battle with his son. So um, hopefully, uh, Lindsay will be able to get in touch with him. He he did. We texted earlier. He knows that we're going to be calling. So maybe he's in the middle of a, of a robot battle. Um, let's touch real quick the Raiders tomorrow. They are playing host to the New England Patriots. It's a rematch from a preseason game in which the Raiders dominated with their backups. And the Patriots used a couple of series with their starters. Um, So Patriots were out west, played in Arizona, won, stayed out west, practiced in Tucson, and uh, now they will be coming to Las Vegas. They are in a better position, I think, right now to make a run at a playoff. Uh, birth than the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see because the Raiders activated Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro off the injured reserve list. Um, so I'll be interested to see how they attack. You got the teacher versus the, the uh, student in Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick. And when Josh McDaniels was coach of the Broncos, he did beat Belichick. That was like one of those first victories out there. So, and Belichick really, there is something to be said. It, he, when he plays, for like when he plays like some of his uh, his pupils, they don't necessarily uh, they don't come out and dominate like you would expect. It's always a close game, right? Well, that's going to be an interesting game just in general because of the the storyline with obviously, like I said, the um, the coaching, right? Um, with what the Raiders have gone through, so many high expectations. One team I don't think that a lot of people had high expectations for, but has played well, but they got it. They're up against it today in frigid weather is the Miami Dolphins. They're up in Buffalo, as we mentioned. Um, and you know who's a major Dolphins fan? Who's that? He's also a Cubs fan, which I don't know why he's still a Cubs fan. But he's from Alabama. He is from Alabama. <laughs> he is from Alabama. Uh, one of the world's foremost comedians my guy, who I, like I said, I've known for quite some time. It's weird how we met, and we've been friends since, and we, you know, we won't talk for years, and then all of a sudden we get in touch. He comes to Vegas, whatever. We got to welcome to the show, Roy Wood Jr. Roy, how are you, sir? I'm good. Why do blondes wear green lipstick? I, I, well, I don't know. We got to tell us. 
Red means stop. Okay. Mm. So here we go. Got We're it. off and running. Off to the races. We're off and running. Uh, your boy Gooch is here. Uh-huh, the perineum. Okay. <laughs> I, first question is, how's the robot battle going? It's going pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Um, it's an all-out battle. We're going full steam ahead. It sounds like you're in an isolated area to take this quick call, get this interview in, and then you got to get back to your son for the battle. Yeah, it's, uh, it's um, pretty tight in here, but staying warm. It's cold outside. Now, are you guys competing in the robot battle? Yeah, he's uh, Mr. Giant, and I'm Mr. Uh, uh, relevant. Okay. I checked yeah. your – now, listen, I checked your calendar. You have one date set for 2023. That's it, one date. Your tour has one date in March. Uh, and it's not Las Vegas. When are you coming back to Las Vegas? Uh, probably never. Oh, my too many, God. Too much going on over there. All the sports teams suck. And, you know, <laughs> all of them do. No titles, no nothing. Raiders are it's, terrible. It's, it, it's, it's, it's changed since you came out here. Even, you know, and when you came out last, and I remember it was downtown, somewhere off like Carson Street, and you let me know you were coming in. And I remember going there with my buddy Al. We sat in the back and watched. And, I mean, I, that's growth alone from downtown from when I grew up here. But even since then, it's grown. Have you, have you been back just recreational, stopped by at all? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been to all the parks and uh, recreations areas. I went to uh, Lake Mead to do some boating, but my my craft almost sank. There's no water in that place. And, yeah, no, we're running you know, out. You, you, look, you look at the strip, and everything's high price. I remember the buffets were four ninety nine. Now yeah. they're eighty four ninety nine. Yes, Crazy. yes, that is yeah. correct. Um, and you're right. I mean, the water is sinking. I've already started looking in, um, in how, uh, prices on camels. So when it turns into a desert, I'll be able to ride on the humpback. Um, so let's talk some sports. You mentioned Vegas is a sports town. Um, mm-hmm. well, what do you make of your Dolphins? Nah, they're okay. They're, they're, they're going to lose in the playoffs. But, but um, you know, all these uh, Mickey Mouse teams, you know, the Ignite, the Silver Knights, the Nighthawks, now the Desert Dogs, you know, all these Mickey Mouse semi-pro teams, that's all they are. You know, I, I just can't go watch them. They're horrible. And and you wouldn't dare go to a Raiders game. Oh heck, never. Couldn't pay me enough. Now, what about mm-hmm. hockey? Have you, you put a million dollars in front of my face? I wouldn't go. We're speaking with comedian Roy Wood Jr. <laughs> you know him from the Daily Show, stand-up comedian. Of course, I always say that he is the finalist on NBC's last Comic Standing that should have won. Oh. There's so many comics that should have won that well, show. Well, no, he was in the finals. He was, he was it. And he, there's, there's no way that he wasn't the better comedian. I'm just going to leave it there. That's how I always feel about this show. The better comedian never wins Last Comic Standing. I'm proud to know that I had two of the top ten that I knew, and I met the other one from Roy down in Temecula, Maranzio Vance. What's also- up with the Spaders team? You know, they, they're gypsies. They go all over the country. They're in Oakland. They're in L.A. They come to Vegas. In about well, 30 years, they'll probably go to a different state. Well, we heard they might be coming to Birmingham. Okay, good. What, what's going to happen when um, Mama Davis dies and Mark dies? Who's going to take over? That's a good question. That's yeah, a good nobody, question. nobody tends to answer the those questions, you know. So, I don't know. They're, uh, just, you know, they're terrible. They're horrible. 
They come in last place every single season. So, uh, Roy Wood Jr., we're talking with him, comedian extraordinaire. And, Roy, you put out so much funny material, man. And one of my favorite albums that you put out was No One Loves You. And then every single title of every bit is just love the anthem, love the troops, love Chicago, love the police. Just real, real, real straightforward. That's always been you, though, man, just hanging out and just doing conversation. You're just a funny guy. And you work that into your, your, your act. Yeah, I'm just an everyday job, everyday person, you know. Um, but I got a lot of love. I got about ten kids from nine different women. So there hey, you, you know, go, no doing that deal. Antonio Cromartie out there, buddy. Easy. Sean Kemp would be proud. Love it. I love it all the time. You know what? And you know what? Gooch brings up a good point because I brought this up last week to Brett Ernst, comedian and actor from Cobra Kai. That you are the type of guy who, like a current a current event. Something happens in the news, and it'll be in a bit for about three and a half weeks, and then it disappears. It's it. You move on to the next one. There's not many that I feel can do it, but do it efficiently to grab the laugh, make it last as long as it'll last, and then move on and grab the next current event, but also do it so somewhat politically correct. Like one of my favorite bits, Roy, I think you did it on the campus somewhere in South Carolina, you did a bit about a woman who had a pet chimpanzee. I can't find that video anywhere. It's one of my favorite bits you've ever done. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I had that chimp. Um, she, would, um, she would put butter, you know, down between her legs, and, and the chimpanzee would just go ahead and, you know, go for it all. Oh. But anyway, anyway, guys, I got to go now. You guys take care. Have a great day. Congratulations on everything. You guys take care. Happy... Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all that stuff, and uh, have a great day. Enjoy the game. game. All right, Roy, we'll see you when you get to Vegas. Win that robot battle with your son. That's Roy Wood Jr., Dolphins fan, Cubs fan, stand-up comedian. What a way to cut out, by the way. Oh, Roy, he (laughs) just tells that story. He's like, all right, guys, bye. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's Roy's the best. He's the best. Oh, man. And if you know him and if you hang out with him, it's like he's just super cool, very respectful. Quick-witted. super funny, too. Just super great Super funny, yeah. He, I mean, he – and he's been on – people don't realize, like, they, they – people have gotten to know him from The Daily Show. But, like, he was on Def Comedy Jam mm-hmm. at its – you know, at its peak. He's done Letterman. Um, he's been on The Tonight Show. He's done so much – and like I said, like there are bits that he does, and he's in and out of these current events, and they are hilarious. Um, and we've been texting for about a month, and I wanted to get him on. And he, and fine, last week he texted, he said, hey, is this the week? I was like, no, actually, I want to get you next week when Gooch is on, so on and so forth. And he's like, oh, that's perfect. It's okay, cool. So we texted again, and uh, I just wanted to grab him um, before we end our season here. Right. Um, and grab. So we were talking about the Raiders before, before we go to break. Um, big game tomorrow against New England. And, you know, I, 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 I want to see how Josh McDaniels handles this offense now that he's somewhat got his resources back in terms of um, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller because I think he's figured out, at least I would hope, how to utilize Josh Jacobs. I think it's been a struggle for him all season. Um, Devontae Adams is having a fantastic year. It's now a matter of Carr's comfortability. And I think, you know, I'm not going to say that they're going to make make the run here and finish out undefeated. 
outside shot, long shot at making the playoffs with how many teams are in the running still. But um, I think it's important because they played themselves out of a high draft pick that they do make a run here. And I think at this point, there are a lot of players that are auditioning for their offseason contract, whether it be with the Raiders or with another team. Mm-hmm. I One of the things that I was really hoping to see from this Raiders season, I really thought Hunter Renfro was just going to go off. I really thought that McDaniels was going to use him in that Wes Welker type role, that Julian Edelman type role, short yardage. You need you got third and three. Who do you go to? You know who you're going to go to. Right. But I didn't really. I haven't really seen that. And Renfro could beat anyone one on one coverage. So I don't understand why that's happening. But Josh Jacobs, it's not an emergence. It's the fact that look, we've realized that we have this truck that we've been avoiding the entire time. Put gas in that truck. Give the ball to Jacobs. Let him plow through. Get some play action going. Devontae's going to be open no matter what. He's open on just about every play. I understand you can't force the ball to him. But now you got Renfo. Now you got um, uh, Waller going to be coming from that tight end position, hopefully leaving the middle of the field wide open. Let's just kind of look at the look at the weapons that you have, McDaniels, and just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Well, you brought up Renfro. I think what, what sort of it ruined Renfro was that walk-off play against the Cardinals. It was two plays before that he took a shot. And I think that's where the initial concussion happened. Um, you come off, you're in the heat, it's it's overtime, right? And then he goes back in the game, he takes another shot, fumbles, Cardinals walk it off with the fumble return. Um, I think that that is what did him in, um, yeah. essentially. Um, he was on and off, you know, non-active, then the injured reserve. And I just think that that game itself, those final few plays, really ruined him for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he can come back strong. I just don't know how effective it will be the rest of the season. Josh Jacobs, I think he's played himself into a fantastic payday, uh, although I think the Raiders probably franchise tag him. The one person who I think who's had a fantastic season, who's really proven himself oh, yeah. beyond anything, is Matt Collins. Matt Collins has done phenomenally for this team, um, and he's become such a, a vibrant personality in the locker room for both his teammates, the media, the coaching staff, um, and he's proven to be a real leader. So um, I'll be interested to see what happens tomorrow. Big game, Raiders and the Patriots coming up in a little bit. The Las Vegas Bowl is at Allegiant Stadium. You got the Running Rebel Basketball, which will be right here on ESPN. They're hosting San Francisco. Golden Knights are hosting the Islanders. Lots of action. We have premier boxing going on. We got tickets to that. Come on down. We got about 13 minutes left in the show. We got tickets for the premier boxing. Also, Mr. Olympia's in town, and I'm cheering for Janet Leigh. Absolutely wonderful woman. She is the reigning uh, bikini physique champion. This is a woman who, who, she's a mom, she's in her 30s, but she struggled for so long, both mental, uh, with her mental health, but also to get over the hump and get that title. She finally got it. I'm pulling for her to win the overall title. And my guy, Brandon Hendrickson, in Brandon Hendrickson, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up, obviously, fitness competitions, considering my business with my son and him being a two-time natural bodybuilding champ. So good luck to all the Olympians, That is also in town. When we come back, we bring to a close not only this show, but this season of Throw the Flag here at Treasure Island. Gooch, Willie on ESPN Las Vegas. Much more than this. The final flag. I did it my way. Yes, there were times. I'm sure you knew. When I bit off. 
more than I could chew But through it all When there was doubt I ate it up And to spit it out I faced it all And I stood tall And did it my way Well, if there's one thing that we established, Gooch, at the beginning of this project 18 weeks ago, it's that uh, we were going to do things our way. No disrespect to the show that you and Tyler Bischoff produced last year. It was a great show. I listened to it every Saturday if I was driving into town. I always listened to you guys. Um, it was just a different approach. Tyler is very analytical, very statistical. Um, the dude is one of the best yeah. in Las Vegas when it comes to statistical breakdowns and finding those numbers. Media Britannica. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to do something a little bit different um, in terms of, you know, more of a talk show, if you will, adding a little bit of um, – celebrityism, little entertainment, little, as you've seen, you know, some personal touches, whatever the talk may be. And I think we did it our way this season. I think two successful seasons of Throw the Flag, um, which you've been the anchor of both. Um, first season with Tyler Bischoff, myself here. So um, with credit to you on that final flag, that is the actual author of the song, per my request, not the person who made it famous because it saved his career, but... Paul Anka wrote that, not Frank Sinatra's. Everyone always says, Frank Sinatra's my way. No, 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 no. Paul Anka wrote that. And there's a storyline behind that in that it actually did save Frank Sinatra's career. You know, the funny thing is, is when I was doing that, I sent the Frank Sinatra version. I go, what do you think? He's like, you know what? No. Get the original. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is great. Problem is, is there's so many great parts in that song to intervene. I didn't know what part to intervene in. Do I wait for the big, big horn explosion or do i let it go soft and then lead into it because that's the thing that whole that whole song is all about the build-up and there's so many build-ups and every single verse well, it was like which verse do i pick what happened was frank sinatra called my uncle and said look kid i'm i'm, I'm calling it quits um you know if there's one thing i want to do go out on you know and so he wrote this song like overnight and he was retiring so and now the end is near and so i face the final curtain that's how it starts and as it did, it, it triggered his, re-triggered his career, and then he wrote another song for him called Let Me Try Again, which segued out of, and now the end is near, now his career resurfaces, and Let Me Try Again. So, um, yeah, obviously so many people have made, actually, the best in-person performance of that song was Elvis, more than anything. But to this day, if you watch my uncle sing that song, I saw him at Smith Center this past March for the 10th anniversary of that place. They asked him to do it, they did a PBS documentary. He still knocks it out of the park at, you know, at over 80 years old and, and crushing that. So, um, and that's not the first career that he boosted either. No, absolutely not. The song that's going crazy on TikTok, Puppy Love, he wrote that for Donny Osmond, and there are so many others. But um, enough about that. We are about to end it. Um, it's time to say goodbye for this season. Um, big thanks to the head of our engineering, Jed, and all of his engineers that he sent out. Again, Lindsey, we couldn't do this without you quarterbacking the show every single week. Gooch, I thank you for bringing me aboard yours and Tyler's show and allowing us to do it our way. It's been a pleasure coming to you every single Saturday. Hopefully we'll be able to do it again next season. Uh, more than anything, wish each and every one of you a happy holiday season, whatever it is that you celebrate. More importantly, blessed time with your family, reminding yourselves how thankful you need to be in just existing. You're loved. Don't forget it. You are very loved. 
All right, that'll do it for Gooch, for Willie, for Jed, for Lindsey, for the entire staff. That includes Q Myers, our faithful program director and big boss, Doug Marsh, and my guy, Steve Cofield, who initiated this and getting me going. I appreciate every single one of you. Um, and we appreciate all of the listeners out there. Again, have a great holiday season. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow, the Westgate Show. We're going to break down all the games. I am from 8 to 9 before I head over to Allegiant for the Raiders game. Gooch is going to host your watch party of International Theater. So make sure you head on down. We'll have prizes and giveaways. That's the Westgate for the Sunday football preview show. I've made several bets thanks to your breakdowns, by the way. Okay, so there you go. So get over there. Uh, don't forget, Run Rebel Basketball coming up. Sister Station, Golden Knights later on today. We're out. Peace.